Is everyone? Am I on the set? That's right. Speed. Okay. Can I remember that loving gaze? I think I forgot it. <laughs> well, I like when, you know, there's a sharing of all there is is that. You know, all there is is this. There's no that. That would mean you. There's a this again. All there is is this. And it, and it's lovely to hear. And it's the truth, in a sense, the best you can put it into words. But I found the dilemma wasn't that there's not the, spook, the truth being described as best it can, it's what hears it is the dilemma. Yeah? It's like that old story about the sheep and the lion. So the sheep get a sense of, uh, you know, because they're suffering the consequences of thinking they're a sheep, you know. And they get a, they find a book about lions, and it talks about how courageous lions are, and they're very independent, and they run the whole jungle. And, and obviously the sheep would say, hey, that would be a great advantage for me as a sheep like a lion, yeah. I mean, I could kick some ass, or they come to get me to, to uh, make a sweater out of me, and I could, no, no, no. And this and that, There'd be, it would be empowering for the sheep to take on some qualities of being a lion. So, and then there's going to be beautiful descriptions of what it's like to be a lion, and what it's, and all there is is, let's say, lion. But if there's this predominant sense of being a sheep, then the best the sheep can do is try to become like a lion. So they hear the message, let's say, you're a lion, but the, it comes into the sheep ear as, you can become like a lion. And it can be the most perfect, beautiful description of all there is is lion, but it comes in, all there is is lion, all there is is lion, and there's an agreement in your head, nodding like a... And then it goes in the ear, and it's like, I can become like a lion. That's not it, obviously. Because if all there is is consciousness, then all there is is consciousness. There's no one to be conscious of that or not conscious of that. Yeah? In other words, the relevance of being a someone or a special somewhere is totally dismissed by everywhere. It's the same thing we've been talking about with we're coming here as a group of waves and we're having a, a talk about the ocean. It's sort of ridiculous in a way. Yeah? But not to a wave. A wave may look upon the idea of being the ocean as an advantage to being a wave, because a wave, defined as a wave, can actually believe it's dry. Yeah. It can think it's a dry wave. It can think it's not as big a wave as the other waves. And it may think it's a less of a wave because it takes a longer time to get to the shore than the other big, giant tidal waves. And all of this idea of what it's like to be a wave is really the act of denial of its oceans. And so it can come to thousands of meetings about being an ocean, but if it's hearing it like a wave, all it is is reaffirming the wave. Yeah. All the qualities of being an ocean, of being like the ocean, of being the ocean, just reaffirms the definition of being a wave, because now it becomes a seeker of the ocean, yeah. which is unbelievable if it's actually a wave. I mean, what a wave really entails is all the ocean. That's all it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a certain definition for a form or movement of ocean we call a wave. We call a wave. Yeah? So I'm sitting here in the meeting of a wave, and you're sitting in a wave, and we're describing the incredible fact of the everywhere ocean, and yet there's a sense of being separate from that because we're identified as a wave. Yeah? And it doesn't matter how many times the wave, well, maybe it does, Maybe if, if the wave keeps hearing that it's all there is to the ocean, that it may whack and go, whoa, and as soon as it recognizes what? Not that it's an ocean, 
but I'm not awake. When it realizes I'm not awake, that's the ocean. If it realizes I'm an ocean as a wave, that ain't it. It's not it still. But if it recognizes I'm not awake, that's the ocean. It doesn't, there's no process to become the ocean when there's the recognition I'm not awake. There's none whatsoever. As soon as I'm not awake, that's the ocean. Because the wave was always the ocean. Always will be, all, the whole story, it's always ocean. But it's taking itself to be a wave which defines itself as different. So no matter how beautiful the description of what the ocean is and the all-inclusive everywhereness of it, the sense of being a wave can dismiss you from that. That translation here. You can travel like a wave trying to find the ocean. So you can live in a sense of dryness when you're wet as hell. So I don't really like that much. I don't, it's not I don't like when everything is described so beautifully, I don't see it translates to the person that's hearing it, because there's a person that's hearing it, seemingly. Yeah? There's a sense of being a someone that's hearing this message. And the someone is the act of denial of everywhere. Yeah? And, a, and a someone can take a lot of information in about not being a someone. <laughs> I swear. It can, it can acquire tons of information, I'm not a someone, and still seemingly be a someone. It's not, it's not immune. <laughs> it can really, it can claim anything. It can claim a message about its total non-existence and still exist as that one who has that message. <laughs> Don't underestimate its ability to claim. It can claim the truth, for sure. It can neuter it like that. Because it's not the truth that is going to unneuter it. It's what's entertaining it. So if I'm entertaining the ocean as a wave, I'm still in the act of denial of being ocean. No matter how many meetings I go to about I'm an ocean, if there's still the reference of being a wave, it's, it's, it's more than enough to defeat the everywhereness of ocean. Obviously, look. Yeah? During the day, most people aren't feeling wet all day. They're feeling... They're dry, seeking to be wet. Yeah. So, I like to go the back door way. I like to just look at what I'm not. And if I'm not that, then that's the activity here of being what I am. Even the activity of being what I'm not is that activity. But for me, it's sort of easier when I realize I'm not that. There's a sense of immediate sense of that presence that's become absent to me when I'm a special somewhere. Yeah? When I'm a special somewhere... The presence of everywhere has to be something I have to journey to. You know, because I've made everywhere another special somewhere. You know, just like when I saw my Uncle Fred after, you know, after he died in the casket. And I looked in the casket and I saw his body. I was nine years old and I had a direct hit that that wasn't Uncle Fred. I was assuming it was Uncle Fred my whole life because I was assuming this was Paul. You know. I thought I was this, so therefore the movement of life... I saw as the body. Yeah, because I saw the movement of life of what it was moving. I didn't recognize the movement, I just saw the moving, yeah, what was being moved, the object. So, for me, as soon as I saw that wasn't Uncle Fred, for that little head, I had an opening. Yeah, it was like, that's not Uncle Fred. Obviously. When you saw the body, and there wasn't that animating principle moving in it, it was obvious that had never been Uncle Fred. Yeah? That's sort of like it when the wave occurs. When the wave 
wave recognizes it's not a wave, it's seen as the ocean, and then it's, it's, there's an instant recognition there never was a wave. It was always this way. It's always, you know, it's always has been that all there is. But it doesn't register in the wave. It registers when the wave sees it's not a wave. Yeah. When the wave recognizes I'm not that. The act of being a wave recognizes I'm not that. That's the ocean. Immediate. Wow. Opening occurs. It doesn't occur. It was just something that was always there. It gets seen from. Not unadorned with the identification as a wave. And then that's that. You know? Unless it isn't. <laughs> Unless the head goes back into the glove of thinking it's this. I like this little example of the glove and the uh, hand. Because uh, let's say you're in a, a reality where all there was was one sense. The only way you met what you were in was through feeling. The only way you could meet it. So the only thing you could do is feel. You weren't seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, just feeling. And let's say in that realm there was a scripture about, let's say, heaven or nirvana. And that scripture obviously was written in braille, <laughs> because you couldn't read it. So you would feel it, and it would describe to you the incredible experience of freedom, like the touch of a petal of rose, a rose petal. By touching the petal of the rose, you get a sense of the sublimeness of what you are. And that would be like the spiritual description of that, that beloved, let's say. And so let's say in this place, unbeknownst to you, the hand has grown into the sense of a glove. The mental process has produced an idea of it that is different than from what it really is. And so the idea of it, like in this realm, would be a sense of a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So that would be the glove that consciousness would put, in, put itself into. So now the glove is this very coarse glove in my case. So everything I touch, and this is the only way I meet this world, or our world, is touch. Everything I touch is being interpreted through that glove. So whatever I touch feels sort of the same. It's hard, rough, yeah? I touch everything rough. Everything is rough. I touch the rose petal. I get to that place where they say, this is the experience of all experiences, like, you know, Tibet or something. <laughs> and I get to that special 12,000-foot rose garden, and I'm walking around, freezing, and, but I'm touching the petals, and it's not translating into what the reading of the scriptures would say. I'm not feeling the softness of the petal, even though I'm touching the petal, but there's not a translation. It still feels coarse. Yeah. No matter how much I rub it, even the more I rub it, the worse it gets, because the petal sort of disappears, and I'm just rubbing the glove. Yeah. So what does my head do? It, supplant, it takes away this, this lack of direct contact and makes us belief out of it. Oh yes, I touched the rose petal. It didn't translate the feeling, the sense of what was being conveyed in that scripture. It just becomes a belief now. Yeah? I touched the rose petal. I went to where it was. I touched it. I rubbed it. I rubbed it. Rubbed it. And I believe, yes, I believe the all-loving beloved is sublimely soft and tender. But it's a coarse idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not serving you whatsoever. It's just a mind. Just an idea of mind, once again, to replace the true thing. Yeah? So you get an idea of, let's say, a God, but it's not a God. You're the God.
God that has the idea of it. Your head's playing God. So what would happen if that if someone could send a message to that hand in the glove and say, Oh hand, oh hand, you're not a glove. Or let's say go right directly to the glove. Oh glove, maybe you're not a glove. What? Because obviously the gloveness is an, is is brought to you by the animation of the hand. Yeah, the glove is just it doesn't have a it's not gloving, yeah? It's the hand that's causing it to seem to be gloving. So, all right, you're not a glove. So what would happen if that hand that's entertaining itself as a glove would entertain I'm not the glove? What would occur? Well, maybe if it entertained I'm not the glove, it could, this thing went out, bro, is that right? Yeah. You're still alive. Oh, we're good. Go ahead and put that out later. Oh, all right. If you entertain this, the, the glove entertains that it's not a glove, what occurs? Because it's not the glove entertaining it's not a glove, actually. It's the hand. What would be a possibility that that hand could entertain? It could come out of the glove. If it's identified as the glove, it will never entertain the possibility I can come out of the glove because it believes it is the glove. Yes? But as soon as it entertains the idea, hey, maybe I'm not the glove, what can it, the next thing it can entertain would be, I can come out of the glove. And when it comes out of the glove, it feels that rose petal, there's an immediate hit. Ah, this is what they were talking about. Yeah? No need for belief, no need for dogma, no need to go back and read the scriptures again. No need for any of that, because the invitation or the indication all those things were meant to convey has been conveyed. You've entertained, I'm not the glove, now you're the hand. Yes? Yet, when you entertain that you're not the glove, and now you're the hand, the very strong hit is you've always been the hand. There's never been a glove. Yeah? It just seemed to be a glove when my hand was in it. Yeah? As soon as it pulled out, it was seen not to be a glove, not as you think of a glove. Just like there's not a body, not as you think of it, because the body is being identified by the head as you. Yeah? So it's a whole different mental idea of the body that you're in, not the body. Yeah pulls it out. It doesn't mean the glove disappears or the body disappears. In fact, it means the body never appeared, really. It's just an appearance. Yeah, but it's never taken a reality. The reality was given to it by what was being identified as it. Yeah. So, it pulls out. But the thing is, when the hand is in the glove, no matter how much it hears about not being a glove, if that message is caught by the glove, it's, it nudes it. No matter how many times. You can go to thousands of meetings if the glove keeps, you know, the ball's thrown, the glove catches it, that's the game. <laughs> it's when the hand's pulled out of the glove and the ball just goes by, no one's getting it, that's the getting it, yeah? <laughs> that's getting the message, not getting the message, you know? It just, because it's, for a game to occur, the ball has to be thrown and someone has to catch it, yeah? Oh, I got the message. No, you didn't. There's no getting of anything. That's what the whole point of this whole message or invitation is nothing. That's what I hope you get out of this. Because you get nothing. First of all, you can't return it, which is good. It's like the DVDs that never work. You can return them, but this <laughs> you can't return because they gave you nothing. Yeah? And to be left with nothing is a very unusual, novel experience because all you've been doing is getting something most of your life. Your whole mind is just driven to get something. Something, something, something to give it an advantage. Literally. So this is about getting nothing. 
And so when you get nothing, usually the mind gets very bored of it. Yeah? The mind, the conditional mind, throws the imitation away. Oh, I've seen this guy, there's tons of them on the internet, throws it away. But the mind, being the mind mind, maybe, maybe, maybe just notices it, looks at it, what's that? Looks at the imitation, flips it over, I'm not that, what? As soon as the mind, yeah, entertains, it's not the product of that mental process, what, does, what happens? It entertains from its true nature, which is infinite. Like the open sky, yeah, super clear. It now doesn't work towards peace, it understands peace as something that's already so. It now comprehends serenity, not as something I have to work towards and purify myself to entertain or get the right circumstances. It realizes serenity is in and of its own nature. Yes? All of these attributes that we've been trying to acquire are the attributes of unfettered mind. There's no need to acquire them, because if you acquire anything, there's a sense of a you acquiring it, and that sense of you will have a belief you can uninquire by doing something. Because if you believe you did something to achieve something, you can believe you won't do something to lose it. That's all that happens to you. So you come in and you think you get the message, and then you do something, now you think you don't have the message. Then if you do something really good, like go on a retreat, I got the message. Then you go to work and you get mad at someone, I don't have the message. And it's just all this possibility of all there is in consciousness appearing to be unconscious or conscious, based on what you do or don't do. That's playing God. Really. That's what this, the mental process does here. It plays God. Yeah? When do you, who tells you when you're seemingly close to the truth? Who's informing you of that? Your head, usually. Who's telling you you, you made a mistake and you're farther away? Your head. That, to me, is the act of playing God, with the idea of God. If God is everywhere, why aren't you bumping into it? <laughs> you know, you should be rubbing shoulders with it every moment. It's everywhere. There must be a sense of being a special somewhere that excludes everywhere. It doesn't exclude it from a special somewhere. It makes it a conceptual everywhere, but in the special somewhere. But everywhere is everywhere. So, for me to get to everywhere, where do I start? Nowhere. Exactly. Where, do I, where am I going to end up when I arrive at everywhere? Nowhere. Everywhere or nowhere. Exactly. So there's really nothing to do. And nothing to have. But when you try to do nothing and not have anything, that's doing and having. Yeah? You can't use the modality of the glove to have a sense of the hand. You have to just give up the idea that you're a glove. That's the hand. The glove is never going to turn itself into a hand. There's no freaking way. Yeah? So, people come to meetings and they, oh, I'm just waiting for the for myself to get it. Well, you've created the bus stop. You've made the schedule. You've made that you've missed the bus. True. This is no place for the bus to stop. There's no getting on or off. This is just a verb. All is verbing. There's no entrance point and there's no point you can exit. There is no arriving and then there's no departing. There's no getting ready because a getting ready is a journey already. There's no journey. There's no place where you have, all right, I'm ready. No, you were prior to that. <coughs> you were prior to you getting ready. It's, so, it's, it's not in time. So it's faster than a moment, or, and it's longer than 10,000 years. There's nothing to do with time. It's, a, it's not a conceptual framework. It's out of that framework. Yeah. It's contextual, not content. 
it's hard to see everywhere from a special somewhere. You won't recognize what's always so. It's impossible. The mind's not gauged to do that. Just like you don't under, you don't really sense the effects of gravity, do you? You're not walking in a cafe complaining about gravity today. Have you heard anyone talking about gravity today? No. No, will you? It's really heavy on my right shoulder. How about you? This looks a little, my left shoulder looks a little lower. This gravity is very specially getting against you today. No, there's nobody. Yet it's a force that the physicality is under all the time. Why doesn't it recognize it? Because it's under it all the time. All the time is no time to it. Yeah? If something's happening all the time, you don't recognize it. Just like if you were born, let's say someone put a hand on your shoulder when you were born, and it's been there your whole life, you wouldn't know it was there. You would only know by its absence. When it was lifted, you'd go, Jesus Christ, there was something like a three-pound thing on my shoulder this whole time. But you wouldn't have known the three-pound thing was on it if it was never lifted. You would have no clue whatsoever. But when it's lifted, then you know. So in a sense, when you get a free sample of like a gloveless life, that's it. That's the message. You get a sample. That goes into the mind. The mind can entertain its nature. The only dilemma is it's trying to entertain its nature as a false nature. It's trying to entertain its nature as this. Yeah? We're just cutting out the middle man and the middle woman. It's like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you are looking for. Here's the what's looking. I like to use seeing better. I don't like looking. Looking to me is a form of blindness to, to the seeing. But right, seeing, what's seeing is what you are looking for. He's trying to save you a huge amount of time. Because we're busily looking for what's seen. But we're looking for it in symbols and representations and what our society has said. If you do this and get that, it'll translate into seeing. But it doesn't, does it? It's just another form of looking that always, always fails you. So, if you take what's seeing is you, is, is the you that's looking for, it's what's looking is what you're looking for, all you got to do is drop out the you. So what's looking is looking for. What's the problem? Now everyone believes there will be no more looking for if what's looking realizes it's seen. No, there's what's looking. If my predilection as a body is to surf, I'm looking for a wave. I'm calling up a website. Someone should be up to that door. Calling up a website, finding out the waves are big. Does that have anything to do with what's looking? No. Its activity here is looking for. People think that there's going to be a big difference. Oh, if I realize what I am, that I won't be acting as what I'm not. The acting as what you're not may continue. Because you're not that. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just, it's just a playing out of an appearance. It may change a little, it may not. But that what you are isn't determined by how it's looking like when it's appearing here. Yeah? As it's translating as the action figure, it has nothing to do what that, of what that is. This has no effect on that. Yeah? No matter what goes on here, this, ha- this place has absolutely no effect on what's so. None. What's so? None. It's like the sky. You can have tons of, you can have 20 July 4ths in a row, and not one of those nights are going to rip the sky open. Not one. You can have tons of clouds rolling in, and the sky is never going to get wet with all those storms. You hear, you know, airplanes talking, and no one will ever report they ran into a big chunk of sky when they were flying up there. Yeah? 
Sky is like mind. It's a nice representation. It's like open space. Everything is allowed to appear in it, but what appears in it doesn't affect it. Yeah. It's the context to all of what we see as the content. All the waves are appearing, yes, as the content in that context. So, as the wave is appearing, it can appear to be dry in a context of total wetness, as a wave. You can actually believe that you're, that you to have love must be acquired from outside. You can actually believe that your peace is based on what you do or don't do. You actually can believe here that as a source of love, you can live a life of being unlovable but only in the appearances. Only in the wave world can the ocean seem to be that. So this isn't about descriptions of the ocean, it's about a description of the wave, so that hopefully there's a recognition, I'm not that, and because you are already the ocean. Why does the ocean need to read a, a brochure of being the ocean? <laughs> you know what I mean? To me, the best brochure is you're not a wave. Okay, all right, <laughs> okay, and then you're the ocean. Why do I have to, it's like a double, it's like a double whammy when the ocean has a wave reads about being the ocean. It just drives the wave even crazier. They become a bigger seeker. Jesus Christ, look at what I'm missing as a wave. The ocean. It's going to be great. I'll have an advantage. I'll be at peace. No one will be able to hurt me anymore. It won't matter what shore I break on. If I pick up a shell or not. It won't matter. I'm free as a wave because I've entertained the ocean. No. You are the ocean. So I like going the back door, just questioning the ocean. I mean the waves. There's no need to paint pictures of the ocean. You are that. You'll see the living picture of it. Yeah, you don't need a scripture of it. You'll, you'll live it. You'll see the expansiveness of that clarity. is the how and why of the whole program of recovery is to quit playing God. 
because it doesn't work. Well, to me, these are the flavors of playing God. Watch it. It's, it's attempting to always, at the bottom line, have you be relevant. So yeah, God is everything, but I can live as if I don't know that for the rest of my life. I would say I'm a bigger God than that God that I'm, not, that I'm choosing not to know, wouldn't you? I mean, really, if you had the Clash of the Titans, and you could <laughs> say, you could, you know, everywhere could be vanquished by you thinking it wasn't there, I would say you were the bigger God in that little wrestling match. Special somewhere, pins everywhere in 2.3 seconds. <laughs> By making it a nowhere. I don't feel it. I don't sense it. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't taste it. I don't touch it. I'm suffering, exquisite suffering. Look at the head, man. Look at it. Most of your anxiety is based from what's not happening, isn't it? Most of your experiences are mental experiences, not physical at all. Your mental experience, you're in a mental realm, and that mental realm, most of it is what's not happening. It's actually, the only thing that is happening is the presentation of the mental realm. But the contents of the mental realm are not happening. Your head is going into next Friday, believing that it's going to be really bad for you. And then from that nowhere field, from that nowhere farm, you're harvesting a crop of anxiety that gets downloaded into your experience of being here now, doesn't it? I'm sitting here, somewhat healthy, my head's thinking I'm going to have cancer next week. Yeah. Immediately what gets overridden is the sense of being healthy now. It's very irrelevant. And then, by my fixation of mine, it goes to this field, which is no field, cultivates a crop, harvests it, brings it back to this field of now, plants it, and it springs up like a weed of, I'm going to be, I'm going to have cancer next week. So now, all your attention and interest is on this imaginary plant in this beautiful garden you may be having called Saturday. You've taken this giant weed from next Friday, planted it in the, the garden of Saturday, and it just spread over all of Saturday. So Saturday gets extinguished, and next Friday gets... Put in its place, that's playing God. If I have seen anything called playing God, I would describe that as playing God. That you can take something, of, something out of nothing and, and override this appearance with that mental appearance. That's mind-boggling to me, yeah? So I can produce tons of anxiety from a, a dead field because there is, I cannot bring back next Friday to here, can I? If we could, there'd be some of next Friday, you'd have next Wednesday, you'd be jamming in three weeks from now. This whole place would be, there'd be no space for Saturday even to have a breath. Because, well, no, 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 this has nothing to do with nothing. Next Friday, I'm going to have cancer, you don't understand. Next Friday, my girlfriend's sleeping with my best friend, I know it. So then when you so, what, how are you doing? I'm not doing well. What's, what's happening? Well, it's more about what's not happening. All right, do you want the you know, antidote for that? Yeah, what is it? It's not happening. No, I don't like that. I want therapy about what's not happening. I want someone to massage my fears and allay them about what's not happening. Instead of just giving me the God honest truth, it's not happening. What other solution do you need? It's not happening. How can, have, how can a non-place have an effect on you? <laughs> Literally. How can next Friday have such a wallop? 
Can you taste it? Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you touch it? All you can do is conjure it up by thought. You're more of a storage unit than a living conveyor, aren't you? You're in a, really, you're in a porno theater all day. Yeah, aren't you? You're up in here wondering when's Dallas going to do Debbie, or Debbie do Dallas, or Paul do this. It's constantly going on. Oh, yeah. And it's a denial of what's going on now. You may not like what's going on or not like it, but it's got one, like, like nagging quality. It is happening. You know, I hate to break the news to you. It is happening. No matter how much you don't like it or like it, it is happening. But what's not happening, anything can happen in, obviously. Anything. Anything can happen in what's not happening. There's no definition to what can happen in what's not happening. <laughs> you know, you can have cancer. Your girlfriend can be sleeping with a guy, and it's not even the act of what you're afraid of, it's the meaning your head gives it. The act doesn't mean anything. It's the meaning the head injects with that. The idea of what it means to me if my girlfriend's sleeping with the guy. Yeah? It's not the act, it's the meaning. So the head is just injecting meaning to now by being obsessed with there and then. And so we can produce a seeming effect of being unconscious now by being incredibly hyper-conscious of what's not happening. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be hyper-conscious to make what's happening seem ha- happening. It's like a great miracle working, really. We always go to it like Lazarus was supposedly brought to, from the dead by Jesus, but at least Lazarus had been alive. Your mind's bringing nothing out of nothing all day. Just anxiety, 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 mental anxiety. Isn't it? Fear is just a valid emotion. You probably only had it maybe 12 times in your life, but you're having the physiological effects of fear all the time by mental anxiety. And it's not the thought that's driving you crazy, because the same thought can be had in this head and won't drive this head crazy. So it's not the thought that has the power, it's what's entertaining the thought that has the power. It's the my, my. When a thought is seen as my thought, it's injected with a lot of meaning from back here, this giant storage tank of ideas and beliefs and conditioning. Yeah? The thought just comes, the consciousness sees it, the mental reaction to it is, that's my thought, it now injects it with a lot of meaning, and it creates a reflection. It's like a reflection. It's like, you ever see those people when they want to get sun? They have the little <laughs> things. This is the mind reflecting its image through thought. Every thought, my thought. This is about me. Mine, me, me. And this, this constant reflection, yeah, blinds the mind, and the mind becomes identified with this product the mental processes make. This product of thinking that it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity becomes the allurement and the, uh, the enticement. The mind forgets its nature and, and takes on the nature of what it's entertaining as itself. And really, it's not the advertising of the mind that's so juicy, it's what's entertaining it that's giving it so much juice. Because the mind is unbelievable. I mean, my mind is unbelievable. When you see the bogusness of the advertising, it seems very archaic and very simplistic, doesn't it? Maybe it's running on a basic theme that you're not good enough or whatever. 
it's just the same loop over and over again. But when the mind is identified as it, it's so super rich with a sense of really being real, isn't it? It can produce exquisite suffering. It's not the advertising that that's, that is so good. It's what's entertaining it that's unbelievable. So when the mind is released from entertaining life as a self, and it leaves that preoccupation, and the interest and attention gets withdrawn from that little black hole of selfing, then the interest and attention does what? You'll see. I could describe it, but then you would maybe your head would try to claim it as something it can do, and then that would blow it. But you'll see. You won't believe what will happen when the interest and attention is detached from this obsessiveness of being a self. You may be really, it will ring true to you what St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're really looking for. You know, trying to have a feeling of being present is nothing like being present. Yeah? Jumping off of a bunny you know, bridge on a bungee cord is going to bring you into the moment. Yes? But could you imagine entertaining you can't be out of the moment? I mean, if you really look at it, have you ever been out of any moment that you've been in? No matter how much you were thinking about the past, it was happening now. No matter how much you were thinking about the future, it was happening now. You've never been out of the moment. That's a the self-help industry is all based on trying to get you back into a moment. Has anyone ever f- finished one of those books? <laughs> Get to chapter three or four and throw it down again. Because now, the point is, why doesn't it work? Because you, you can't be out of the moment. The whole illusion of getting into the moment is reaffirming your godly likeness that you could be out of the moment. That you think you have the option. I'm really out of here today. No, you're not. If you look at the surveillance tapes of this meeting, you're in this meeting. No matter how much you're thinking, oh, I've got to be somewhere else, you're not somewhere else. Your mind could be totally intent and suffering exquisitely being here, but rather be somewhere else, but it can't be somewhere else. <laughs> it's like a... <laughs> throws a tantrum. I'm going to piss all over this then if I can't get out of here. If I can't, if I don't have the balls to leave this relationship, I'm going to make it so bad on them that they'll finally kick me out. Alright, that's a great activity. That's good. I'm just going to withhold myself until something I really like shows up. No, no, no. Delivery, no. Will you sign for this? No. There's a lot of beautiful attention. No, it's not in the package I was expecting. No. Oh, 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 there's all this acknowledgement for people. But not from that certain someone. No, I don't want all that acknowledgement. I want it the way I want it. And if I got it the way I got it, wanted it, it would be great. And maybe it have like trickle-down effects on you. It'll be great for you because it's great for me. And what's great for me must be great for you. At least that's how I see it. <laughs> Hold it. Stay with me, honey. I'll be good in a couple of years. <laughs> All right, I'll come around. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this place of waves is insane. It really is. It's an insane place. You know? <laughs> I'm going to demand the ocean of you, my little wave. And if you don't deliver oceanness, you're gonna, I know you're solely going to disappoint me. 
And I'm going to keep raising the bars to have you prove your love to me. How much will you be able to take? <laughs> this is mine. Insane, vindictive, petty little mind. Trapped in a little... It's like eating its own tail. It's like huge mind that can entertain the infinity of space. Yeah? It is now entertaining how long your pants are. Did, any, did anyone recognize it? <laughs> That's what the task it's been put to. In other words, when I was a kid, I went through the hallway, and that girl said hello to me when I was 11 years old, and I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. And my head just represented what it could possibly mean to me. This little, she probably didn't even notice me, but you know, she, she said hello to me. What does it mean? <laughs> this is what your head's doing all day. It's just representing life pertaining to you. And it's such a small... This is huge ability to entertain, put into this small little box. And all it can entertain is the same old, same old, hasn't it? Being saved by someone, the fairy princess, money will do it. If I move here, if I get this, if I get that. And it's always the same formula. It hasn't, it's, you've been over every inch of self-centeredness. You've lived in every corner of it. You've followed every hope and every trail of possibility. You've entertained every possibility it has, and it's, you're still getting on the same track. It's like putting a marathon runner in a cellar with like a three-by-three three track. It's running over, <laughs> and all you do is change the scenery around it so it looks like it's different. All right, I hope, I hope, I hope I get it. I'm afraid of it. It's like, come on. That ability to entertain has been enslaved to entertaining life as a self. Very small box for that huge power to be involved in. When it's disengaged from that, now it can entertain. Instead of when you talk to someone and they go, they're not feeling well, and you go, well, what's going on? They say, oh, don't worry, I'll, I will feel better. It's always in time, isn't it? I'm not feeling okay now, but I will feel better. Yeah? It's always being put into, I will feel better. And that willing will be based on either you or someone else doing a having. But its ability to entertain, I'm okay now, is gone. Yes? It's all now. All of its entertaining is based on time, and most of it is based on doing and having. The modality of selfing. It's always about accruing value, never recognizing its own inherent value. It's always about rising to a level, and then always having the fear that it can fall from that level, instead of realizing there's no level to rise to or fall from. It's the same mind, it's just been enslaved to entertaining a very small system called self-centeredness. If it's free from that by recognizing I'm not the center of that system, I'm not self, then it immediately starts entertaining peace, serenity, a sense of okayness now, not based on what you do or don't do. All of this, it, the same mind that seems to be enslaving you is the freedom. It's just not, it's just, for me, it's not describing its unbelievable hugeness, it's describing the unbelievable smallness it's identified as. That's what I feel. Because when I, when the mind recognizes or entertains or not that, it immediately takes on its own size. Yeah. And peace doesn't become a commodity. Yes? Love doesn't become something that has to happen to me. All of these old ideas that have become so rigidly enforced in self-centeredness get broken asunder and a new dimension applies. Yeah? Your pursuit of happiness stops because you're not pursuing it anymore. But there's no effort or thought on your part. 
It doesn't work with thought or effort. Thought or effort is part of the system that's entailing you or describing you as this. There's no, self can't get out of self. How could a product of a mental process leave the process? It's impossible. It's recognizing I'm not that, that's leaving the process. Quote, unquote, leaving the process. There's no leaving the process, but the feeling we imply by saying I've left the process, that's the feeling. As you realize I'm not that, boom. The rules stop applying to you. They apply to body. If you have a disease, you better take care of it. <laughs> yeah, or not and be accountable for it. It's not going to free you from the disease. Maybe it will, but it has no real connection to that. So that's what people do. They entertain this. They think, oh, I don't have to do recovery anymore because I realize I'm not the one who's an alcoholic. But their, but their mind is totally infused with alcoholism. Yeah? So now they're like alcoholic Buddhists. Yeah? <laughs> alcoholic Zenists, whatever. They are, I've seen them. Lots of them. So I don't know. I think it's a simple, simple message. I'm not that. And then, you know, my seat assignment is describe what, that, what I'm not. And in that description and the recognition that something may occur where the mind may entertain, I'm not that, and that's all that's necessary. Because it's not that. There's no more it needs to do than to entertain it's not that. That frees all of it up. Because it's, all of it is seen to be subjugated to what it's identified as. Yes? You don't need to get any more qualities. It has all the qualities. All you need to do is realize I'm not these qualities that I'm identified as. When that happens, bam. So, any questions today? 
So the process, all of its thinking and its perceptions, because you can do things that will change your perceptions. If you do the Course of Miracles and do the lessons, it will change your perceptions. It will. It's very powerful that way. All your perceptions and thoughts and interpretations are defined and from the mental process called selfing. So they're limited by that. Yeah? So that's why you can't recognize what's always so. Because you, as what you are, wasn't always so. Yeah? So for its story to be you as always so, it has to deny what's always so. Obviously. For, you, for, the, for the wave to be a wave, it's got to deny the ocean. It's just it's impossible not to. If it didn't deny the ocean, the idea of being a wave would be seen through. Yeah? It would be pointless. It's a denial that oceanness. That's the mental process in a way. It's formatted in a certain way that it has to deny always and everywhere for it to seem to be the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah? It has to. If it, it couldn't live with that other possibility. So it has a system. The system itself denies your nature. So there's the selfing. So let's say the selfing is a mental process. Then there's the quality of mind. Mind, mind. Unconditional mind, yes? Like in Buddhism they would say the ordinary mind and the enlightened mind are the same mind. That mind, yeah? So there's the sense of where feeling is the ordinary mind, but at the same time, or no time, that's the enlightened mind. It's just what activity is going on, yeah? So here's the, here's the mind, and the mind, because of its nature of clarity and awareness, is aware of the mental process. So the mental process produces this idea. Hey, I know what you are, yeah? The mind being nothing, Sitting there, oh, what is it? You're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. See? You're this. Forget about being consciousness. You're, you're this being conscious, yeah? So the act of its own nature, which is consciousness, is seen as an attribute to this, yeah? So the subjectivity, the true subjectivity, now gets informed to be a subject, this. So the subjectivity is forgotten by the subject claiming all the acts of subjectivity. So seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. And now it becomes a subjective experience, yes? From this independent, separate point of view. Instead of pure subjectivity, it's now a subjective experience. The pure subjectivity is lending its nature to this, so therefore you have a different experience of everyone else, seemingly, because pure subjectivity is being subjectivized by the identification as this, yeah? So subjectivity, that's its nature. All there is is subject. So now all there is is subject is coming through an identification with an object. So it's now lending the object a subjective experience. So when I see, hear, feel, taste, touch, it gets interpreted as something different than what you see, hear, feel, taste, touch, yes? And stories are bound, and then thoughts become private, and all this. So an object of life becomes very subjective, through the subjectivity being identified as it. Yeah? Captured a little bit? Don't believe anything I just said, but it's just a nice way of riffing on it. So, that's the sense of why it's so juicy for you. It's not the mental appetizing, it's what's making it so subjective is pure subjectivity. That's why it feels so different. That's why you can have an exquisite suffering no one someone else isn't having. If you go to a place in the mental realm that's different than me, you can produce exquisite suffering now. 
Not because of the advertising, because it's a really bogus advertising. It's, it's really an, an advertising about nothing. It would be obviously clearly to be seen if you were conscious. But if you're unconscious to the fact that all there is is pure subjectivity, you will take it to seem real. Because you, are, you, seem, you seem to be real then. You're going to be real then. So it's really important that you may have cancer next week. To me. So that creates incredible, exquisite suffering. Not because it's such a good advertising by the mental process, but by what's entertaining it. The mind can make hell, really. If it's enslaved to this place, it's doing a pretty good job of it, you know? There's none of this happening here. There's no justice for fucking all. Let's get over it. People are pissing on everyone else, and they're probably enjoying it in a lot of levels. There's thousands of people punishing others for mental slights that never happened. People are taking out incredible hellish ideas on their most significant others today. There is so much going, attack going on through this subjectiveness. Yeah? People don't, let's not even think about what's happening in other areas of the world. So, the mind can get up to some incredible shenanigans. It's sort of like what we said the other day, if you gave a great jazz artist like John Coltrane uh, the idea of separation and said, alright, John Riff, he could do a you know, that, that album, The Love Supreme, you could do a, a hell that's real for, out, you know, 12 albums. A hell that's real, a hell that's real. I'm going to have cancer. I'm not going to get what I want. The person I love is fucking someone else. I mean, it could be exquisitely beautiful if you're in the audience of that. But it's not Coltrane that's producing it. It's the audience. It's your mind that's identified. Once you identify as this, a lot of that can start seeming real. That's the dilemma. I mean, it gets up to some heavy shenanigans, doesn't it? Really. People will just go home on a typical nice little day and they'll just go into a hell, a mental realm. And then they lock themselves in their room and, you know, only have a couple of pints of Agendas in the freezer and like eight different, like, uh, Sex in the City seasons and they lock themselves in a room and their minds just go to town. They just fucking create a hell. If you ever go in there to a room like that, it's like a vortex here. It really is. It's like a, a door of hell is open. They're like, and all they do is watching the learned neighbors complaining about the last guy she screwed or whatever. Hell is happening. It's incredible. giving it any sense of reality. It doesn't have... How can an illusion seem so real? The illusion never fools you. It's, it's you that's giving the meaning to the illusion. Yeah. It's, it's impersonal, though. There's not, a, there's not a mean here that can be called the author of this whole process. No. It's the spontaneous that, it's the, that the, same, the same thing that's entertaining pure subjectivity has the capacity to entertain itself as hellbound and go, and go to town. Yeah. Because all that's what's happening, yeah. But if it's seen as it's happening to you, it's like hell. Yeah. It's again, it's the relevance of you that makes it really juicy. Yeah. yeah. Which got sourced by that pure subjectivity. Well, how could it be anything else? I wish we could have a suggestion box for it, though. Yeah. Give a couple suggestions. Say, please, ease up on that. What's not happening? It's driving all of us crazy here. Give us, give us a little bit of recognition of the moment a little better. And, you know, like, How about a society that doesn't hold profit over health? Yeah, let's try that one. That would be good. No. Some other ones. What the hell? But no. 
Yeah. It's nice to see it as all that is, but when someone is identified as this and suffering, you know, if their house is on fire, you know, the natural reaction is to provide them a pail of water. You don't want to give them a big philosophical take. You just want to see them relieve a little of the suffering until maybe they can entertain the fireless state. But to try to imply to them the fireless state when they're busily fighting a huge fire, seemingly, just give them a pail of water to me. I don't like the people that are very, like, uh, stuck with the message. They're like Pharisees in a way. They got the message, the wording very well, but they don't convey the spirit, you know? To me, the spirit is a lot more sloppy and, and disorganized than that. You know, oh, there is no one and no one this and that. Yeah, yeah, I see that. But this person's. I also see this person having a difficult time, so... Would I withhold a pail of water? Well, there's no choice. If you withhold a pail of water, that's what happened. And yes, I know. But if you feel like you have free will, exert it. It's a dream, bro. Don't get take it so seriously. Yeah? Don't you feel like you have free will? Literally. Most, especially in time. You definitely think you have free will in, in the past. You keep going, I should have. What if? If I wouldn't have done that, your mind believes it has free will. Then exert it now. Do the next right thing. This is for all. No, there's no free will, so I can... Whatever I did, I did and didn't do. But yeah, see, people like to apply that when it's advantageous to them. Like in a relationship. No. Paul, what did you do? There's no Paul. I didn't do anything. (laughs) I don't know who you're talking about. I've never done anything. Fuck you. It gets to be strange. I'd rather just... To me, everything's quite natural. Yeah? And based on this condition, there's apparatus, because I come out of recovery... There's a ten- tendency for service, yeah? Because in alcoholism and addiction, there is a mental realm called hell. It's one of its attributes. And and uh, I don't know, if that doesn't spur you on here, I don't know I would. I mean, if you found something that can take you out of a pseudo-hell, that's, oh, of course it's not real, but it, I, would, I would give that person that bus schedule. <laughs> here you go. The bus comes around 1.30, get on it, and you'll be out of hell. Yeah. All right, thank you. And then maybe you can entertain this. I used to see this guy, Ramesh. You ever hear Ramesh Balser? Yeah, yeah. When I used to see him in India, he would, every, the new people that would come, he'd have them sit in a seat to ask questions. And the first thing he would do to them was ask them, are you all right? Are you comfortable? Do you have enough money? Because if you're not, there's no point of talking to this. Because this is just ego to ego, really. And every day he would do that. You said, okay, you've got a place to stay, you've eaten, all right, now let's entertain this. But if you're eating, if you haven't eaten, we'll get you some fucking food, you know, let's get on with it. What's the, no, there's no one to eat, give me a break, you're hungry, aren't you? No, I'm not hungry, okay, stop this. You know, it gets insane, it really does to me. It's like, it's like that bite of Pharisees, you know, they get very, gotta be this way. Nothing is that way, it's sloppy. Yeah, yeah, so, to me, anyway. To be thrown out of the church of Advaita. I've never even proclaimed myself to be in the church of Advaita. Did I? Have I ever said that? No, I don't think so. They just pigeonhole you and then they start presenting you and then people do. do, 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 do. Yeah, it's funny. It's just a message. That's it. I'm supposed to become obsolete. That's my job. It's a very bad career choice. If there was any free will, I wouldn't have made this choice. Because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> there's no there's no success. You know, it's nothing. <laughs> just come here. 
I make lousy DVDs that never work and sell terrible, terrible shirts and, and support my lavish lifestyle. And, well, it's going to change now. You know, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, you know, we just, <laughs> and we're meant to be obsolete. Really. There's nothing I can do for you. I'm just here to invite you to, to entertain them. doesn't mean you leave. I hope not. Some people take that to be true. They've split. They go away. And I miss them in a way. But my job is, that's part of it. To offer it, see how you see it. Until then, we'll be probably giving the meetings. That's why one thing I also felt, this is all personal now.